Welcome to Not Your Mother's Menopause, Making Hormones Make Sense, with Dr. Fiona Lovely. Dr. Lovely is an expert on health, treating women and their families from around the world. Her specialities include endocrinology, functional neurology, and functional medicine. Please visit us at drlovely.com. And now, here's the doctor. Hello, ladies. I'm Dr. Fiona Lovely, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast, Making Hormones Make Sense. This is episode 79, and today I'm going to be mapping the moon cycle with you. Now, even if you no longer bleed, I want you to stick with me and listen through this podcast because there's goodies here for women of all ages at all stages in life. I'm so excited to share with you a very new thing I'm just launching right now, my Patreon feed. I love creating content for you on the Nutcher Mother's Menopause podcast, but even as a passion project, it takes time and effort for me to be able to make this content for you. Sometimes it feels to me like a one-way communication. Creating community, connection, and interaction are an important part of embodying the divine feminine. I want to be able to interact with you as my community and to continue to build, nourish, nurture, and grow our space together. If you like what I'm doing here, please head to my Patreon feed that is linked in the podcast episode notes and get access to more exclusive content and the opportunity to connect. I have uploaded some excellent, never-before-seen content exclusively for you at patreon.com slash Lovely. My ultimate goal is to continue to support the health of women all around the world. So any way that you can support me and the podcast will mean more time I can pour into creating resources for women in the menopause transition. I truly look forward to seeing you there. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk about the moon cycle. Well, you know, I always have some spark of inspiration that brings me to recording these podcasts for you. And this one was really about the understanding that very few of us actually have been taught what our menstrual cycle or our moon cycle or our lunar phases mean. And really, it's an excellent resource for us to our overall health. It really should be in the owner's manual, if you know what I'm saying. It really should be taught to us early on so that we can understand the importance of it, what to look for for life. So this is my attempt to correct uh, the absence of that information for a lot of women. So, we have been given so many gifts as women, but one of the best is our ability to monitor our health by our menstrual cycle. Most of us are not taught what is normal, so let's start there. So, we bleed, ovulate, and repeat with the lunar cycle, not the calendar month, okay? So, if you're looking at the calendar, Uh, 30, 31 days, 28, 29, whatever, Um, you're not going to be bleeding on the same day every month because we follow the lunar cycle. And the lunar cycle is longer 
than the menstrual cycle. Now, the average menstrual cycle is 29 days, but it can be anywhere from 24 to 38 days. Notice I didn't say normal. I don't want us to fall into the trap of what it means to be normal. First of all, what the hell does normal mean anyways? <laughs> it's completely arbitrary. Um, but we do have averages and those things we can look at, but it does vary greatly. Now, puberty and perimenopause also vary greatly. It just depends on a lot of factors. Genetics, environment, um, those are the kind of the big guys uh, that will influence uh, how we experience puberty or perimenopause. Now, day one of the cycle is day one of your bleed. So the bleed starts the cycle. A menstrual bleed typically lasts three to seven days. And here's the truth bomb. It should be symptom free. Your period should be symptom free. Now I know there's a lot of you listening right now that are going, no way. Like really? Yes. The answer is yes. It is typical to have mild cramping. So that's allowable if we're talking about what we should see in a typical, see I almost said normal, <laughs> in a typical cycle. Um, we can experience some mild breastfulness, but nothing more. Now, isn't it fascinating when you think about how the period industry has uh, made us believe that we are supposed to have all these symptoms and heavy menstrual bleeds and these sorts of things. So uh, I'm just here to sort of wake you up and interrupt the pattern. And uh, let's see if, if this helps you sort of change your mind about your own menstrual cycle. Now, you may feel different around your menstrual cycle, including uh, PMS. You can feel sleepy or introverted. Some of you can feel randy or horny. You might crave sugar or salt uh, or being alone. All of those things are okay and completely acceptable. And uh, I remember an experience with a friend who was at the time far, far wiser than me when it came to these sorts of things. I think I was somewhere in my late 20s. And she said to me that she looked at the time she was bleeding as the time for her to be by herself and reflecting on her own experience. Not just with the menstrual cycle, but the experience of the month before, what was coming the month after, uh, just a sort of reflection time. Imagine what the world would be like if that was a standard experience. Imagine if we took the opportunity of our menstrual bleed to go inward and reflect. Like, whoa, that would be, that would be something. <laughs> I'd love to see that world. Anyways, let's go over the four phases of the menstrual cycle. So bleed is phase number one. Uh, what is typical is six pads or tampons on the heavy day. But understand that a menstrual bleed typically is one to six tablespoons of fluid. That's it. Not, not just one pad, but the whole, or one tampon, but the whole cycle of uh, three to seven days. So one to six tablespoons crazy, right? Like seems like a lot more. Um, 
Now, uh, phase two is follicular, which means you're ripening an egg. And this is, uh, and that happens with the ovaries, and this is when estrogen rules, okay? The uterine lining is building up in preparation for implantation and, um, and for ovulation, which comes next. Ovulation is phase three. That's typically day 10 to 14. That's when you can get pregnant. That's when you're fertile. The egg emerges, emerges from the ovary. Your secretion, secretions change. So this is a really good way to monitor when your fertility is, is how do your secretions change as you move through the cycle? Um, now, the secretions I'm talking about are vaginal mucus, not... Uh, sorry, cervical mucus, not vaginal mucus. It's different. So this is um, this is the kind of mucus that you're going to be able to access inside, if you know what I'm saying. So um, whether that means uh, just if you put your finger inside your vagina, you will actually feel your cervix. Um, the varying lengths of of distance away from the introitus or the entryway. And it feels very much like the end of your nose. So feel the end of your nose, and then um, you can uh, do this. And, and the secretion that you you can access there is going to be, during your ovulation, is going to be like egg whites, okay? Whereas the rest of the month, it's going to be creamy. So the egg whites uh, work, to, work to be little super highways for the sperm to reach the egg is how that works. Now, after ovulation is complete, uh, you go into phase four, which is the luteal phase, and this is when um, the progesterone rules, and you get a second lower uh, bump of estrogen in the cycle. Now, the place in the ovary that ripened the egg, which is now called the corpus luteum after it emerges, is where your hormones for these uh, these days actually come from. Okay, so here's a common question I get is about PMS. So what's normal and what isn't? And based on what I told you about, you know, what's a typical cycle, what's allowable and what's a red flag. So it is very real. And it's a gentle reminder that your bleed is going to start soon, okay? That's a good way to look at it is you start to feel all the things that you can feel at perimen uh, sorry, pre <laughs> premenstrual syndrome or PMS. <laughs> and actually, it's funny I said that because quite often perimenopause can feel very much like PMS. And, um, and then sometimes you get PMS when you're perimenopausal and then, oh, Lord. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Uh, raise your hand if that's you. It's definitely me. Uh, okay, so here's what's typical during um, the uh, PMS phase, right before you have your menstrual cycle or your bleed. Uh, you can have bloating or diarrhea, constipation. Uh, women are different here. It just depends. I, it, it seems to me, anecdotally anyways, that more women have diarrhea before they actually have their menstrual cycle than constipation. And you can have those cravings for sugar or salt. Um, I know for me, the emotional change that happens for me at PMS is I just have zero tolerance for bullshit. Not only that, but the the, the veil is really thin for me. So I, I perceive all kinds of things at, at PMS time that I don't other times of the month. And also I just, I can't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Meaning if some 
some lunacy is happening in my presence. I I must speak it. I must speak it, which kind of gets me into trouble, especially with my husband. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the other thing that can happen at PMS time is that the breast can get tender and fuller. All right. So what happens with all of this at perimenopause? Well, women can get menstrual cycles that are heavy during perimenopause. You can skip periods. More symptoms can show up, but they really should not last longer than a few months. Okay? If they do, it's really a signal that you should be checking in with your healthcare provider to make sure everything is staying in the realm of what's okay for you, what's typical for you. And remember, your doctor only knows what's normal in a textbook, okay, and what they've seen in their clinical practice. You know your body. You are the expert at your body. And this is why I always say to my patients, be the squeaky wheel. If you think something is off, be persistent. Be persistent um, because instinct, especially the instinct of a, of a mother, is is one of those superpowers that no doctor should ever, ever, ever ignore. So the other thing that happens at perimenopause is we get this sort of weird psychology gets kind of messed up. Our psychology gets kind of messed up about perimenopause. We start having all the feels about losing our reproduct reproduction or reproductive ability and along with that for women comes a whole heap boatloads of ageism and bs about our relevance in the world and i'm here to say nothing has meaning except the meaning you give it i'm going to say that again this is true about everything in life. Nothing has meaning except the meaning you give it. So we arrive at perimenopause with a whole heap of uh, beliefs that we think are true, um, experiences that we have gathered along the way that color how we feel about this transition. And I'm here to say it's up to you. It really is up to you how you feel about this time. For me, I'm embracing the wisdom that's coming with this era in my life. And I very much look forward to what emerges next. Now, the other thing that can show up at perimenopause is the stress burden. Now, this is no joke right now, as we still are moving through I don't even know what we're calling it. Um, Post-pandemic, I don't even know. Whatever. This era we're in right now, in late 2021. Um, the stress burden is no joke for women. And you have to understand that stress itself is the, the trigger, the switch for so many of the symptoms that women at perimenopause can experience with our menstrual cycles with our emotions, uh, with our sleep, uh, you name it. So stress burden imbalances hormones. It creates dysfunctional sleep. It decreases our resilience and organ reserves. It messes with our blood sugar and it increases inflammation. 
And I don't care if you're perimenopause or perimenopausal or not, if you're a man or not, if you identify as a woman, you are susceptible to all of those things I just talked about based on stress. And remember, I know I talk about this podcast a lot, but I, I, this is one of the things I say all the time in my clinical practice is that the amount of how you manage stress is going to determine how symptomatic your perimenopause is. Okay. So here's the brilliance about that. Don't hear that as, oh shit, it's up to me. Well, yeah, it is, but it's up to you, which means you're in control of it, which is a beautiful thing. I think, uh, you know, sovereignty of, of health of, of my physical body is an important thing to me. If I can do it myself and I don't have to rely on drug surgery or radiation, then I'm all for it. Now, speaking of things, pharmaceuticals are kind of sold to us as a um, as a catch-all. And I'm here to say there's always consequences for things that look too easy, okay? Um, the majority of women at perimenopause are either taking prescriptive drugs or have been prescribed medications to help manage the symptoms of midlife. Quite often, this is antidepressants, and more recently, I'm seeing even more anti-anxiety medications or women being diagnosed with ADHD at this point in our lives. I, I, I'm sure I should record an entire podcast on that last subject because I feel pretty strongly about it. I think... Um, I think it's a, a gross misdiagnosis or misunderstanding of this point in our life. Let's put it that way. Okay, so just to bring it all together, I just want to say knowing your cycle is knowing your body and your health well. So that when something is off, you know it's a red flag, you should investigate it. This should be a lifelong dialogue. Teach it to your daughters teach it to your granddaughters and your nieces and whoever else needs to hear this information. It truly is a woman's superpower to know her cycle. Now, here's the question I know you're all going to have. What happens to a woman at menopause when she no longer bleeds? How do we follow this superpower along? Great question. So what I'm going to be doing uh, is sharing an extended version of my podcast where I talk about um, the topic within the episode um, and share some really juicy nuggets for my exclusive Patreon uh, feed. So you can find out more about that in the show notes, also patreon.com slash Dr. Fiona Lovely, and I'm going to be sharing the uh, super secrets of how you match your cycle to the lunar cycle after you stop bleeding. And until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other. And remember, as human beings, our job is, our sole job is to love and be loved in return. Thank you for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Fiona Lovely and on Facebook at not Your Mother's Menopause Podcast. Thanks for listening. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. 
If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your health care provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your health care provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.